78. If you get a minute before you leave, make sure you tell Sister Katie, Sister Madeline, what a great job they do. Amen. And appreciate them so much. Appreciate Sister Ashley, Sister Carmen being such great Sunday school teachers, so faithful. Amen. And we appreciate you and your faithfulness. We miss a lot of folks that should be here. And uh, praise the Lord. We miss you when you're gone. Amen. So uh, keep praying for those that aren't here. Amen. Psalm 78. And I want to say again, happy Father's Day to everyone here that is a dad. God bless you for your dedication to being a godly leader in your home. Praise God. Psalm 78. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you again, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord. None of us, God, could be here today without your kindness to us. And we're thankful. Thankful for your word, Lord. It is a lamp under our feet. It is a light under our path, God. It's a foundation to build our lives upon, God. We thank you for truth. Lord, not tradition, not man's ideologies, but truth, Lord. Your word is truth. I pray, God, right now that you would help us to have ears to hear what your spirit would say to the church, Lord, that you'd help us, Lord, to not only be hearers, but to be doers of your word. And God, anoint your word, God, that I might deliver it, Lord, and just stay out of your way. And God, that we would be edified and helped today through your word. We love you. We thank you, God. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 Psalm 78, verse 37 says, for their heart was not right with him, neither were they steadfast in his covenant, but he, oh, I'm so thankful, so thankful. So many times God's word just puts right together our weakness with his strong response to our weakness. Their heart wasn't right with him. They were not steadfast in his covenant, but he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity And destroyed them not, yea, many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. For he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passeth away and cometh not again. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yet they turned back and tempted God, listen to this, and limited the Holy One of Israel. God bless you. You can be seated. I want to take a little bit of time at the beginning of this message that we would recognize the great compassion and love that God has for us. When you recognize just how a holy God could look at this unholy world and look at the sin of mankind that he created, a father in heaven looking at children that he loves and he has given us life and he has provided for us and yet so many of the billions that are under his great heaven reject him, deny him, curse him. Amen. And yet he continues to have mercy. He continues to be patient. He continues to reach and call. We read in the word of God how he made a covenant with Abraham and his children and how you see time and time again their rejection, their desire for idols, their desire to say we don't want to be different. We don't want to be special. We want to be just like the nations around us. And God still calls them and God still deals them. Hey, rest assured, if you start reading in your Bible and you see the wrath of God, the judgment of God, 
Don't forget mercy. If God wanted to, he could have just snuffed them out immediately without any calling of repentance, without any prophet or preacher to go and say, hey, God is upset. God is angry. But it's God's right there saying, come on, turn back to me. Come on, turn back to me. I I miss you. I love you. I, I want you to be my child. Amen. When you receive that revelation and the lights come on and you recognize that there is a God in heaven that you have ignored, that you have rejected, that you've gone your way and not really, really cared too much about who he is or what his desire is. But the lights come on and you realize, hey, wait a minute. He's more than just this idea of a loving God, but he does care about me. He does want to save me. He wants me to live with him throughout eternity. That this God is willing to see all my ignorance, all my filth, all my, 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 rebellion and forgive me that he's willing to call me his son, his daughter, that he's willing to take all the sins that I've committed and all the the wickedness that I've done and cast it into the sea to separate it from our account as far as the east is from the west, that his desire that it's not just available, but he seeks us. He, he follows after us. He calls us like he called Adam in the garden. Where are you? Come unto me, he says. Even in the book of Revelation in the end, the spirit and the bride say, come. I know there's a lot of folks that say, hey, you know, just leave me alone. It's none of your business. But when the spirit of God is in a child of God and he sees the love that God has for humanity, you can't just keep quiet. You can't just keep still. God cares about you. Why don't you just come to him? He's so good. Yes. These few testimonies that we had and so many more that we have regularly of the love of God, the mercy of God, the kindness of God, in spite of us, yes. he's been so good. And if any one of us, any one of us has done anything right, anything good, anything that can be uh, uh, praised or appreciated, it's only because of God that has redeemed us and changed us. I read here about the love of God, the compassion of God, the forgiveness of God. I started here. It's a great chapter if you take some time and look at it. But if you look at verse 37... This is just like God. Their heart wasn't right with him. Neither were they steadfast in his covenant. Sometimes even a child of God looks at their life and says, I love God, but I could do a lot better. He's given me his best. He's given me himself, his cross. He's met every need. He's always there for me. And if I look at my end, I sometimes have to question myself. God, do I do I even know how to love you the way it's right to love a God that's so good? Have I been good on my end of the covenant to love you with all my heart, soul, and mind, and strength? Have I, have I done, and I have to be honest and say, God, there's many times I could do so much more. But yet, the Bible says he's being full of compassion. Full of compassion. He recognizes our weakness. He says we're, they're just flesh. In one place it says he's touched. He's he, he's. Touched by the feelings of our infirmities. That's not just being sick when we're sick, but that's just our weakness. That, that this life, so often we're so weak. We, we don't maybe 
measure up the way we really desire to. But you know, God's there to, to, to be a friend, to be a father, to be so kind to us. Amen. So many times, many have had tragic stories of, of family, of friends that, that you just thought would always be there, always be able to be relied upon, always be faithful to you. And, and you've experienced the hurt of, uh, of, of rejection, the hurt of betrayal. You, it, it, it can be very damaging. It can be just the Bible talks about the broken hearted and, and, uh, that's why very many people, they, it's so hard for them to come to God. How can I trust again? How can I love when, when I've been so damaged by one that I thought, but see God is, his ways are so far above our ways. The amazing thing that, that the word of God tells us is that he is a heavenly father. He's a, he's a perfect father and a perfect friend. And that when man has left us down, when man has hurt us, rejected or betrayed us, Jesus says, I know how that feels. I know that pain that you experience. I, I've had a friend betray me already. I've, I've had folks even deny they even know my name. Amen. But God is faithful and he's better than that. He's a God that will be there. We see these in the word of God in this place and really the whole storyline, the thread that goes from Genesis to Revelation is a love of God. That God gives us mercy, that God shows us grace, that God would not only seek us and forgive us. But that he would give us the grace not only to wipe the slate clean. There, Maybe you've had charges dropped against you in, in the past and that made you happy. But when has the judge ever said, no, you know what? I want you to, I'm going to call you son and you can call me anytime. I'll always be there for you. I want you to live with me for eternity. That's grace. That the one you offended, the one that you sinned uh, against, not only forgave the debt, but now calls you his son or his daughter. When you really get that understanding, when you're living your life, getting up in the morning and going through your day, recognizing there's a God in heaven that thinks that of you. Right. Hey, I'm going to tell you, that's your, that's the answer to depression. Yeah. That's the answer to fear. Yeah. Amen. To know, hey, God's for me. God's on my side. Amen. That's the answer to all that loneliness that you deal with and all the emptiness that, that, that tries to get on you. When you wake up in the morning and go to bed at night and know that God cares about you, that he loves you, and he's not ready to just pitch you into hell. He's not ready to just give up on you. He's there to help you. He's there to when you're weak. He's there to, to forgive you when you stumble. He's there to mold you and shape your life. Amen. When you get a revelation of the love of God in your life, the mercy of God in your life, that is life changing. When, when you have truly experienced and you understand the darkness of this world and the hurt and you, 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 you understand what it's like to. The value of true friendship, the value of that faithfulness. And then you recognize almighty God cares about you. It's one of the greatest things that can ever happen to your life. But I want to look at in light of that, in light of the life changing revelation of God's love. 
the amazing understanding that that will go with you through your battles and when people still hurt you and people disappoint you because people will. But when you recognize God is there and he's not going anywhere anytime soon, that it just sustains you. That your life isn't going to fall to pieces because you got God. That's the foundation in your life. That people change, people fail, but God's there. In light of that, in light of knowing that that is one of the greatest things that we can tell anybody, that God, God cares about you. Not because you're, you're worth a whole lot, not because you, you, you've proven something to God, not because you're, 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 uh, 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 can earn something with God, but, but he cares about you and he wants you to be in his family. He wants to be a father to you. As amazing as that is, I feel like there's a lot of folks that don't recognize that there's so much more to being a child of God. They limit their understanding of God to his love for them no matter what and his his forgiveness and his his mercy. But let me tell you something about God that is beyond all of that. You say it gets better. Oh, it sure does. See, that's the thing about living for God. It it just keeps getting better. And when you come to him and think, God, you saved me. You care about me. You love me. You're willing to forget about my past and treat me like it's never even been done. And you'll take the shame out of my life that I don't have to cringe every day thinking about who I was. Because it's not who I am. We buried that old man. Amen. Amen. That's no longer life. I've risen to newness of life. But I see in this church world today i see in this modern idea of what god living for god is a limitation that people have put on god that they recognize hey i'm i'm weak and i need god and god's there i don't measure up and i need a savior and he's there I'm not everything I, I need to be, and I struggle with some things, and I've got some some weights and some some habits and some sins that that I'm not proud of, and God cares, and He doesn't reject you. But their idea of being a child of God is so limited in the love that God shows and the mercy He shows, and not recognize that God will do so much more than just love you while you're weak, but He will help you. With his strength to be an overcomer. He will work with you and in you to overcome the battles that keep you down and make you feel so worthless. Let me tell you something. If I fail, if I stumble, if you stumble before God and you feel so ashamed and so worthless, he's there to pick you up. But I want to tell you something even greater than that. You don't have to live stumbling and failing and and bound, but God will set you free. He'll take all those things that 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 haunt you and bring darkness into your life. And, and you can cry every night and say, I'm so glad I know you love me, God. But he's going to bring light into your life. He'll break the chains in your life. He'll give you victory in your life. Too many people have have never really recognized how God is able to give them overcoming power over the things that bind them, over the things that, 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 
constantly attack their minds and their hearts and their spirits. God can, like we said earlier, can cause you to rise up like an eagle above the storm, above the clouds. So many limit God to just loving us and and how awesome it is that we're so weak and he loves me even though I'm weak and I struggle and I, I fail him and I'm not worthy. Yes, 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 absolutely. But he's able to do so much more in your life. He's able to transform you. How many people in the world live in this life? Listen, sin's never done you any favors. You know, I always say I don't want to get ahead of myself. I just did. But I couldn't help it. When God transforms you, amen, can I tell you, you need to get an idea. He's doing you such a favor to take things out of your life, to take things out out of your soul that, that are hindering you from being everything God's made you to be. When God transforms you, oh, it just, your life just, just explodes with his blessings. Yes, he's good, and he'll love you when you're down in the dirt on your face and you failed him. But so much greater is a friend that'll say, come on, let's get up and do better. Amen. Let's run this race. Let's, let's overcome. Let's win a battle. All right. yeah. Numbers 13 is really what Psalm 78 is about. It's a song about what was going on in Numbers 13. Pretty exciting. They're not in Egypt anymore, the children of Israel, right? Pretty exciting. They, they're not slaves anymore. Can't say nothing but, but good about that. Pharaoh doesn't have the whip on their back anymore. But now, God says, let's go into the promised land. Let me show you how good it can be. You're not a slave anymore. Amen. You're not a slave anymore. Oh, they, but you know what? They, they couldn't just get that mentality out of them. I got something for you. I got, I got blessings. I've got, you're going to raise your families in, and I'm going to show you off to this world. They're going to see a a light on a a, a city, on a hill, a light in a time of darkness. Everybody is going to see how I am blessing you. And they went into the promised land and spied it out. Numbers 13, verse 27. They told him and said, we came unto the land whither thou sentest us. And surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. They got the fruit right there. They say, look at it. It's everything you said it would be. Of course, God's not going to lie to them. God says, you're not a slave anymore, but it's not just what you're not. I've got something planned for you to be. But see, the process of becoming what they were going to be meant they were going to have to fight some battles. And some people don't have the courage to fight a battle. They'd rather be a slave. They'd rather go back to a whip than exercise the faith and courage to stand in a battle that they are going to win. But it's different. And they chose to to exercise not faith, but unbelief. Nevertheless, listen to this. Nevertheless, they said, it's everything you said. It's going to be good. What God has in store for his children is going to be good. Amen. What God's got in your future when you put your trust in him and allow him to guide you and lead you and and not just be there at the altar every time you need him. He'll still be there. I'm not saying you're not going to need it. But he's looking at his sons and daughters as a heavenly father and saying, 
you're not just going to be a mess that needs a savior. You're going to be a, an overcomer. And I'm going to be the captain of your salvation. You're going to fight some battles and win. Some people can't get that in their heads. The devil's lied to you too much. And you see, you listen to those sad songs of how miserable and worthless we all are. Thank God for mercy. Hey, but you need to get a hold of something every now and then that says you're, you're an overcomer. That God's got victory for you. Amen. That God's looking at you and saying, hey, I'll be there when you stumble. I'll be there to wipe away your tears. I'll be there if you need mercy. But you know what? You don't have to live like that your whole life. This, you just hear it. Constantly. Oh, we're all just sinners. Hey, I want to tell you, we need to be overcomers. Amen. We need to be overcomers. Yeah. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. I'm not saying devil's not strong. God's stronger. You can talk about how tough it is all day. But you know what? Let's talk about how tough God is. And how God, in God, we are well able. Let's get our focus there. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land and the cities are walled. Very great. You know what God does to walled cities? Look at Jericho. Do you know how hard it's going to be for us to knock that wall down? God says, I got it. I got it. You're looking at an impossible wall. You're looking at these cities that look so strong. God says, I've got it. It's going to be all right. Get your mind focused on what God's saying, not on all the odds that are against you. Get that mentality of saying, well, I'm just, some people get too comfortable. Hear what I'm saying. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. Because I'm not going to take away anything from an altar in your life and a place where if you stumble, God's going to be there for you. But people get comfortable there. And just figure on, well, I'm just not going to, I don't plan on winning any battles. I don't plan on overcoming any trials. I don't plan on, on, on uh, passing any tests. I've got an altar and I know God loves me. You're limiting God. You're limiting God. And I'm just going to show you later. You know what? After a while, God gets upset about that. I got something more for you. I got something better for you. Oh, I know God always loves me. God is love. Yes, he is. He's love. But you know what? He does not intend for any of his children to live defeated. Well, you know, he knows I'm weak. Sure he does. But in him, you can have strength. Well, it flows with milk and honey. Never listen. People are strong. The cities are walled and very great. Moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Drop down a little bit into verse uh, 32. For the sake of time, they brought up an evil report of the land. Now they're talking about negative. They're, they're tearing it down. Where once they were excited about, this is good, this is right. Hey, we're going to have to fight some battles. Ah, it's not so good. It's not so right. That quick. I, I thought you loved it. I thought you were excited about it. I thought you, you, you couldn't get enough of God. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I, I don't think Moses is all that. <laughs> I don't think his, this plan is all that, you know. They went... From being excited about getting out of Egypt, being excited about prayers being answered, being excited about ten plagues besting every one of the gods of Egypt, going through the Red Sea, saying, you know that great man Moses we talked about earlier? Stone him. Just, can we just get him out of the way? Can we stop him and go back to Egypt? Because that was good. Remember how we used to eat out there? Not this manna God provides. And all of a sudden, they're, who was it, Brother Dave, talked about people losing their minds? Now they're talking about Egypt being better. They're, they're talking about how good the seasonings were. You know, we had garlic out there. God provides this miraculous manna out here. Never liked it. So boring. Hello? 
that's the truth. Now, all of a sudden, they're saying, uh, where they're crying for year, hundreds of years to get out of that. Now they're saying, we never wanted to leave in the first place. Egypt was so much better than this. Pharaoh was a whole lot nicer than you, Moses. They brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched into the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is the land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. It's a death trap. Right? Just going to eat us up. We're going to go in there and we're going to die. All the people saw it and that we saw in it were men of great. They're all big. Everybody's big in there. They're all huge. Every one of them. And we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. They're looking at us thinking we're just little bugs to step on. And you know what? They're right. That's exactly what's going to happen. They were, they were limiting God. They were limiting God. God was saying, I do love you. I don't want you to be a slave to sin. I don't want you to constantly be under the, 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 the whip of the enemy. And I love you. And I'm going to be there for you. And I know that you're weak, but I'm going to be a great God to you. But I didn't call you out of that to be a loser. I didn't call you out of your old life to just lay down and roll over every time you get hit and every time you're tested and every time you fail. You're limiting God. God can do so much more in you if you'll trust him and rely on him. Amen. And when God says, come on, get up, we're going to fight a giant. You're going to see that you can beat a giant. And you say, oh, no way. I'm not. I'm telling you, when you limit God, it angers him. Why wouldn't it? God says you can do this. Amen. You kill your giant. Listen to me, child of God. What kind of giants are fighting you right now? What kind of things have you know what? When God told them you're going to go into the promised land, it was it was types and shadows. It was representative of this New Testament salvation that those we're going to destroy everything in this your old life. You're going to destroy all the the fighting that the enemy brings in your life. Don't make a peace treaty with them. Don't make peace with your enemies. Amen. Amen. But nowadays, people in churches have made peace with sin. And they've said, well, God loves me. Yeah, he loves you. God always gets me up when I fall down. Sure he does. But God's given you the sword of the spirit, which is what? It's the word of God. Amen. He's covered you in his blood. He's given you the power that's in his name. Amen. He's filled you with his spirit. He's given you exceeding precious promises. Don't make a peace treaty with sin. Don't make a peace treaty with depression, with anxiety, with fear, with doubt, with temptation, with lust. Don't don't live with it and act like it's okay. That, oh, I've got a merciful, kind God. You're limiting God. He can overcome that devil in your life. He can overcome that temptation in your life. Amen. Amen. Whatever is binding you, whatever is is pulling you down, whatever's keeping you from being the overcomer, God's called, God is well able to give you the victory. I'm not saying you've got to be strong. You've got a strong God. You just got to get your eyes on him. 
I'm not saying you're, you're too weak to a cut. No, God is well able in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't, there's some, there's some battles that are up ahead. There's some giants that are trying to, trying to overrun your life. And too many people are sitting in churches and they never challenge the giants in their lives. It's, it's a lot like the days of David. David didn't have any reason really physically or in training other than God he had realized invested him. He wasn't going that day to the front lines of the battle thinking he was going to bring victory. But when the giant of that time, Goliath, the Philistine, starts stomping around and defying God, and they all said, you know what, uh, I don't, you know, I'm kind of getting used to him saying all that stuff. <laughs> you know, it's not really that bad. <laughs> it's not going to hurt anybody. I don't think we're going to go to hell if we just sit back here and, and, and just pray quietly. <laughs> while the giant threatens us, while the giant makes us feel so small and inside you know you're weak, inside you know you're not exercising the courage to stand up and, and do what God's called you to do. And David just steps in and says, is there not a cause? Why would we allow this in a, to, to keep booming into our minds and in our ears of, of how, how we're nothing and how his gods are greater? Listen to me. Somebody needs to get a courage enough to say, you know what? God is greater than all this that's against me. Amen. God is great. It's so much easier just to roll over and, and, and numb your mind to the fact that there even is a battle. Just get yourself so distracted in this world, whatever your drug of choice, whatever you use in this world to numb you to the fact that God wants to give you victory over the devils that are coming against you. It may not be a drug. It may not be booze. It might be, uh, you know, your job or relationships, whatever it might be. But God say, come on, stand up, wake up. Amen. Amen. Get fighting. You know, some battles in this Bible, it's amazing. Sometimes God says, just stand still. I got this. And they had to do that in faith. Amen. Sometimes I believe they were ready. Hey, if you want me to go, I'll go. Hey, don't worry. This one's just going to go. I'm going to send my angel to take care of it. Amen. Sometimes he's, we see men like David that have to stand up, whether it's with a sling or later on. He, he used a sword, amen, and a shield. He used that armor, whatever it might be. But you just be ready to, to have the victory. Don't get settled without the victory. Right. Don't limit God to think, I've got a great relationship with God. Does the devil got authority over your life? Does the enemy just come in like he did to children of Israel every now and then? You know, you see it in the book of Judges. They're calling themselves children of God. God cared about them, of course. But every now and then, it might be the Moabites. It might be the Philistines. They're just like kind of passing through town. Hey, guess what? We're hungry. We're going to take some of your food. And, you know, we might take some of your your uh, your wealth and, and, and maybe take some of your family, too, while we're at it. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, guys. We, 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 we can't do anything about it. We'll cry out to God and say, God, we're sorry. We're so sorry. We're so weak. And God's always so good because he cares about weak folks. Yes, he does. But God would send in champions. God would send in judges that would say, you know what? Let's get ourselves back to where we need to be. 
He hasn't called us to to be to be wimps and losers. There's always an altar for you. There's always a place of forgiveness. There's always a place of mercy. But that's not it limits God to think that you can't ever overcome that one sin that's somehow okay now. It's somehow never was okay, but now, you know, we're just going to stop fighting. Listen, God's God's going to help you. And you're going to be better for it. Psalms back to Psalm 78. Just a little bit more. Back to Psalm 78. Verse 12. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea, caused them to pass through. He made the waters to stand as a heap. In the daytime, he also, also he led them with a cloud and night with a light of fire. God's proving how amazing he is in our lives all the time, if you'll pay attention. Yes, he is. He clave the rocks in the wilderness, gave them drink as out of the great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock, caused waters to run down like rivers. They sinned yet more against him by provoking the most high in the wilderness. You know what they said? Listen to this now. He said, got him out of Egypt through the Red Sea, led him by a cloud, by day, a pillar of fire by night, right? When they were thirsty, just said, hey, somebody get a rock. We're going to give them something to drink, right? God brought streams out of the rock and they sinned. What was their sin? What's he talking about? What kind of evil thing that they did they do? They provoked the most high in the wilderness and tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. Yea, they spake against God. They said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? After all he did, they said, it's not enough. We're hungry. Can God do it? Their idea, it wasn't, oh, we can't wait. They were tempting God saying, you know what? We got this far. He took care of everything we needed. But you know what? He can't take us any farther. God can't feed us now. And they provoked him to wrath. They provoked him to be angry. When we get to a place, see, what I'm trying to tell you is don't limit God. He got you this far. He'll get you all the way. He's going to take care of whatever need you might have. It just seemed like every step of the way, he was the answer. He was the the water from the rock. He was the the light that they needed in the night, dark sky. But you know what? When they were hungry, they're like, can God do this? Of course he can. Where's your faith? Don't limit God. What you're facing, what you're coming against, and the devil says, just give up. Just start to live with it. Make a peace treaty with it. You're going to be all right. God cares about you. God loves you. Sure he does. And the devil says, just stop fighting. It's too hard. It's too much. You know why God told them to destroy all the enemies in the promised land? Because he said they're going to become thorns in your side. They're going to become pricks in your eyes they're going to become sharp sharp things that will 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 damage your vision they will they will constantly be provoking that's what sin does in a life of someone who needs to be an overcomer it's it's a constant trouble it's a constant well as long as i get to god's not looking for folks as long as i get to heaven he's looking for overcomers that people get sick and tired of the devil, sick and tired of, of how he comes against you, sick and tired of how he binds you. And don't limit God. 
that he can give you what you need to be an overcomer. He'll equip you. I'm not saying it's not difficult at times. I'm not saying we don't face tragic. I've said this a few times here recently that I remember as a new pastor, folks just fall into pieces. And and I thought, you know what, I wonder what would happen if they had a real problem. <laughs> I mean, really fall into pieces over just life, just small troubles, battles. But I've seen some folks have real troubles. I'm going to tell you, after 23, 24 years now, I've seen most of you go through some real battles. Not just make-believe drama, but real battles. And you can't just sit where you are right now and say, I feel like I could probably get through. No, you just take it one day at a time. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof, God said. But here you are, and you've been an overcomer. Here you are, and you haven't given up. Because God is faithful. God is faithful. He's going to take you from one step to the next, from one day to the next. Whatever we've got to face before we get out of here, God will provide. God will give us what we need to have the faith that we need, the strength that we need, and whatever it takes to be overcomers. He hasn't left it to chance. It's not, oh, maybe. He said, I will with the temptation make a way of escape. I will give you what you need to be an overcomer. There's nothing that the enemy can cook up that God can't give you what it takes to be victorious. But we limit God. We limit God. We come up with his what-if scenarios in our minds and think that's, that's going to be too tough. That's going to be impossible. With God, nothing's impossible. Like I've told you many times, you come, you, you, you come with them out of Egypt and you stand before the Red Sea and you see the army coming up behind you and the mountain ranges on both sides and it would never enter into your mind. Ah, don't worry, he'll part this thing. We'll walk through on dry ground. What about them? They're chasing. Ah, they'll, they'll drown in it. When, it would have never crossed one of their minds. No matter how many hundreds of thousands or millions, most likely, were coming through, that not one of them said, hey, watch, I think I know what he's going to do. His ways are so far above our ways. When you're looking at your situation, we're not, you're no dummy, but you listen, God's ways are so far above your ways. Don't discount what God can do. Don't limit him. Whatever you might face, whatever you're facing today, whatever you're going through today, whatever kind of giant is in your life today, Give God a chance to be God. Give God a chance to be God. Give God a chance to give you victory. I've seen too many people look at that Red Sea or look at that giant and say, nope. Uh-uh. Everything. I've run every scenario. I stayed up all last night worrying about it, man. There is not a way this turns out good. And God says, you haven't begun to see what I can do. You haven't begun to see what I can do with one of my children that doesn't limit me. God knows we're fighting battles. God knows we're up against very difficult problems. But I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not telling you from experience. God will be there. 
I'm telling you not only from his word, but experience of my life, my family, and seeing folks in this church today. God will help those that won't limit him. God will get you through things that were impossible on your own and give you a way to get through and be victorious and be blessed and come out the other side better than ever before. It's always been the case for those who won't limit God. Let him be God in your life. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please? Oh, hallelujah. You're fighting battles. Yeah. Seems like the giants are ganging up on you. Yeah. I know how it is. I start thinking about it and getting worried and feeling like there's just no way. It's impossible. I get it. Maybe I ought to just accept the way things are and just say, God, I'm glad you still love me. Don't stop fighting the devil. Don't stop standing against sin in your life, in your family. Don't stop praying and believing that God is going to get you through. Don't limit God. Don't limit God by your own understanding. You think you think when Joseph was going through everything he went through, all the lies that they told about him, the betrayal of his brothers, the hurt, you think he had it all figured out? I know how this is going to turn out for good. God's promised me it's all going to work for good, and I know exactly how it's going to happen. No way could his mind ever comprehend. You think Esther... Had it all figured out when she was taken from her family, brought in the palace. You think she knew, hey, I know this is going to work out for good. No, but just give, don't limit God. Don't limit God. God's going to take you through this. God's going to help you be an overcomer. And in, when you're done, when this battle's through, you're going to recognize, you're going to see the work of God. And you're going to be better for it. You're going to be able to say, God, I can't ever say I'm glad I went through it, but I'm thankful for what you've given me. It's a better life in the promised land. It's a better life with the giant that's been slain. It's a better life now. My faith is strengthened. My life is blessed because of what you've done for me. You're fighting battles in your life. Don't give up. Don't give up the fight. In your mind, you're thinking it's just too hard. It's too much. Listen, let God be God. Let God take control. Well, I fought and I failed and I failed and I failed again. Listen, God's there for you. Don't Don't make a peace treaty. Don't make a peace treaty with sin. Don't make a peace treaty with depression, with anxiety, with temptation. Don't just begin to live with it. Be an overcomer. You'll see it in the book of Revelation. Every one of the churches there in Revelation 2 and 3. Every church there in Asia that Jesus is talking to. They all had their specific circumstances. Their specific challenges that they were up against. And to every one of them, he said, to him that overcometh. You're fighting a specific battle. You've got a specific giant in your life. God will help you. God will enable you to be an overcomer. Don't limit him. 
Don't limit him in Jesus' name. I know what God laid on my heart. I know what God gave me this morning. I didn't know who was going to be here. Had no idea. But God knew. Come on, let's find a place to pray. Let's just talk to the Lord. Don't limit God. The greater the battle, the greater the victory. The greater the testimony. God's going to help you. It's time. It's time. There is a cause. It's time to tear up your peace treaty with the enemy. Falling in love with Jesus. It's the best thing I've ever done. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. Talk to the Lord. Reach out to Him. God's going to help you overcome. He's going to teach you how to fight the battle. He's going to teach you how to fight the battle. He's going to teach you to be an overcomer. It's the best thing I've ever done. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes. Devil's fault your mind. you're not proud of. It's time to fight back. It's time to fight back. It's time to slay the giant. Oh, yes, yes, yes. There's no place I'd I realize the way is narrow. We're not living in a day where Christians are exercising courage. personal giants, those personal battles. But God's going to help you. Falling in love with Jesus. Jesus. Oh, yes. It's the best thing I've ever done. a bleak picture, but the Word gives us a promise for victory. This Bible that has told you, if you turn to God, if you turn to Him with your whole heart, if you repent of your sins, you're baptized, buried in His name, He will fill you with the Holy Ghost. The same Word will give you personal victory in your life. The same word that told you he spoke the heavens and the earth into existence. 
tells you if God is for you, who can be against you? Too many making a making a peace treaty with the enemy. No, not in this day. Not so close to the end. Let's overcome. Let's be overcomers. Let's fight. And let's be victorious. Church. Let's all stand. Father, thank you. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the mercy that never fails. We cannot thank you enough for being there when we stumble, when we fall. But God, thank you for for victor- victories, for battles that are conquered, Lord, because of you. Thank you so much. God bless your people now, I pray, and strengthen each one, God. Lead us in, in victory, God. Use us to bring glory in this dark day to your name. We love you so much. Keep your hand upon us as we travel, Lord. We ask it all in your great name, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church. God bless you.